2019 monster season. 2020, bad for two weeks, and then monster season. <laughs> and it's radically different than Seattle's run differential, but Seattle has strategically placed those runs in such a way that they have an identical record. Yeah. Baseball sucks. <laughs> Is to read out the entire list of major leaguers whose name ended with X. And welcome to episode number 211 of Artificial Turf Wars. Do you want to contemplate the hopeless reality of our planet's future? Or do you want to watch the Blue Jays suck some dingers? I know what my answer is. I'm your host, Craig Wazdowski, and I am joined, as always, by the fantastic Joshua Howsome. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? I am all right. Uh, anytime we start the podcast and the Blue Jays are in the lead, I feel more all right about things. Uh, we will discuss... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like recording while they play. Uh, you can watch our emotions say it, soar and dive. Um, the Blue Jays. We could talk about a trade, Josh, which we've probably been itching to talk about a trade for, what, like three weeks? Finally happened. Yeah. Um, longer? <laughs> yeah. We, Simber and Dickerson uh, have arrived, and um, Joe Panic. no more panic in the Blue Jays clubhouse. Uh, the Blue Jays are all-stars, and all of them are starting the game, which is really cool. We're going to go down who uh, got them votes. Uh, one of them is, is uh, I don't think Hyun Jin Ryu is going to be on that roster this year because I don't know what's happened to him his last two starts, but I'm not really happy about it. Tyler Chatwood continues to do that thing that we dread that he's been doing. Uh, how much longer will Tyler Chatwood be a Blue Jay? And why was he kept on the roster? We're going to have a chat about that. Anthony Kay, he's he's good all of a sudden. He's been really good. Let's hope that that. Uh, Continues, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., also good. George Springer moves to the four hole and hits a home run in his first opportunity. Um, yeah, they're playing the Rays this week. We got to talk about how important that is. And the players who might be coming back include, of course, Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen. Both uh, the, the catcher's slots are not going to have enough. And Rafael Dolis will begin his road back to the bullpen. Uh, we have your questions. We need to talk at least somewhat about Trevor Bauer and why we don't think he should ever play a game in this league again. And um, we have a do-over about the letter X. We've never had an alphabetical do-over before, have we? Uh, maybe. We'll find out <laughs> if we go back all through all our archives. But I'm not, not doing, doing that. that. Yeah, no. no but remember, so... he's still better than the person we're giving a do-over to. <laughs> all right. So, trade. For a bullpen arm. that This seems like a thing that I would be happy about. Are you happy about it? Oh, yeah. I think it was a great trade. All right. So whom did the Jays get in, in the real sense of, you know, uh, not just their names, but what they can do for the team? Yeah. So the main piece of the deal coming to the Blue Jays is Adam Simber. The, he's a submar submarining reliever, submar submariner, I don't know. Side armor. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, he's lower than a side armor. Um, <laughs> You know, he's he's not a guy who, if you just look at his raw numbers, you know, like his strikeout rate and things like that, is nothing about him jumps off the page. But he doesn't walk people, and he doesn't give up hard contact because of his funky delivery, and that's allowed him to be a successful reliever in the bigs since coming up at tw age 27 in 2018. Um, I think it's fine to have a reliever who is successful in a way you can identify that's not, you know, traditional, not the... Uh... 95 mile an hour almost knows where it's going kind of guy uh yeah. yeah and you know he gets ground balls he hasn't given up a home run yet this year i mean you know that's probably going to change at some point he's never gotten a season without giving up a home run but he does not give up many and you know not walking guys and not giving up bombs pretty good must be for success in the bullpen absolutely uh, especially what we've seen with uh with the relievers who get thrown in when Jordan Romano and, you know, earlier Rafael Dolis uh, weren't available, there's there's a lot of that get get boxed into a situation where you've walked more people than you really should. You have nowhere to put someone and you end up throwing, as they call it, a cookie. So I think we can expect Simber will not have to do that very often, as you described. So I'm, I'm that's cool with me. One arm, probably two more to go, right? <laughs> yeah. And well, well, I guess we'll get to this a bit later, but there, there could be some reinforcements coming, which will help mitigate some of that that demand. So, 
Absolutely. Uh, acquiring also the side piece in the trade. It's a guy who's already hurt. I think that fits the Blue Jays brand really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I... I actually really like Corey Dickerson. I think he's a great addition because, I mean, we've talked about it, I think, on this podcast. They're definitely offline if we we haven't. The Blue Jays are very right-handed. And being able to have a a left-handed hitting option off the bench that wasn't Joe Panic is really useful, especially considering some of the hitting issues that some of their catchers have had or the backup infielders or whatever. And Dickerson, even he's, he's hit just well for many years but even when he's not hitting well overall and and slightly below average he still hits right-handed pitching very well and you know that's a really useful piece to add to the bench when the cost of getting him was just taking his salary i mean like we should talk about this quickly like they gave up joe panic and andrew mckinvale who was a 37th round pick who's a, like he's a minor league relief pitcher trading a minor league reliever for major league reliever win every time and the reason the Jays were able to do it is because they took Dickerson's money from the Marlins and and when the guy whose money you're just taking is actually a useful piece that's pretty good yeah double double bonus and and he is on the injured list so you do get a delay in in being able to take advantage of um his talents but I don't you know, it's it's not like he he is uh, seriously injured. Was a was a leg issue he was having? No, I don't remember. Yes, what I read. foot. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in a walking boot right now. They're going to reassess once he's arrived, which he, he should have just arrived in the last couple of days. Uh, and yeah, there's a, a side well, benefit isn't the right word, but by him having delayed his arrival on the active roster, it does give them some time to sort of see where the roster is going to be heading because. You know, they still do have four outfielders and you know, the backup situation on the infield is going to have to sort itself out. But, you know, this gives them a little more time to figure out and even make other moves before having to force things. But Corey Dickerson beats the heck out of Rowdy Tellus. Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, Tellus, uh, you know, when he's going great is as good as or better than Dickerson. The problem is he's just not going great all that often. <laughs> and, all right. But one second. But before we move yeah. off the trade, just really quickly, like, I like seeing this kind of move where the Jays are taking on money to get a, get a better return. You know, we've seen it in the past. We saw it obviously famously around the 2016-17 deadlines with Dickerson, or not Dickerson, with Liriano and the whole thing there. And, you know, we, we've seen it recently in the past with where they take on the entire salary. Almost all the deals they made last year at the deadline where they took the whole contract to pay less. And I like them flexing some kind of financial muscle. Well, yeah, this team has long-term payroll flexibility because of all these young players, not only are they good, they're cheap. That's the nature of baseball. Uh, yeah, so the good news is these good, cheap players are so good that the Blue Jays have three All-Star Game starters for the first time since, like, the 90s, which is <laughs> wild. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's. I mean, I think it's changed a little bit in the online age where previously – you know, back in the 90s, really, it was hard for people who weren't in Toronto to vote for the Blue Jays. Now anybody across Canada can. So Very that's true. why why Jose Bautista was so successful when he became uh, a force to be reckoned with. And and uh, But Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the youngest person to ever lead the uh, All-Star Game in vote-getting, which is well-deserved, I think, but also super cool. Yeah, especially when you consider some of the superstar young players that have been around. I mean, Ronald Acuna... Tatis from last year. Well, there was no last year, but the year before. So, yeah, it's 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 a cool honor. Yeah. Uh, so we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and uh, Bob, sorry, Marcus Semyon at second base. And I, I, I'm a little surprised, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, my feelings are obviously not hurt. Teoscar Hernandez, uh, because uh, of injuries um, uh, to the you know Mike Trout and uh, who was third. Can't remember. Makes the makes the, uh, No, no. Oh, uh, the other outfielder. Yeah, the other outfielder who was hurt. So uh, he well, Byron got Buxton more, was hurt. Yeah. So Buxton and, and Trout are hurt. So Teoscar gets a spot in the in the starting lineup. Super cool. Um, I hope they have a fantastic All Star game. Yeah, and I think there's something to be said. I don't know how much to be said, but something to be said for. If you're Marcus Semien, you know, and, and other players, this idea that you become invisible when you come to Canada, 
Well, that's obviously not true. Like if you perform, the people here will back you and they'll back you in numbers that are greater than almost every other market can provide. Ask Steve Delabar. <laughs> yeah, well, good point. <laughs> Raise the bar. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like, you know, these guys deserved it. I mean, look, you could say that like Cedric Mullins, for example, should have gotten in over Teoscar Hernandez. And that would be true. But both of them are still deserving all-stars. And Mullins will make it. And yeah, I mean, so Semyon is having the best season of any second baseman in the, at least the American League. And then obviously Vlad is Vlad. And Semyon is, is we had a Reddit post about this, but it's pretty, it, it is oddly funny, is that Semyon's career year numbers, he is almost a carbon copy of those numbers this year. Um, yeah, I've been sort of tracking that on Twitter every now and then, just like, here's where he was in 2019, here he is where he is now. And like, if you think about it, so now we're just transitioning quickly to Semyon, but 2019, monster season. 2020, bad for two weeks, and then monster season. <laughs> but two weeks and is then a third 2021, of the season. season. He might just be a really good player now. <laughs> yeah. If he had a bad two weeks now, it would get it wouldn't even show up. Because it gets worked into that average of of uh you know whatever's been happening over the last three months um yeah. you'd never even you never even think that marcus Semyon had a rough two weeks but when, when the season's only six weeks long it feels like it's a problem so yeah i i mean will any more i guess the only question i have for you is do you think that, that there will be a blue jays pitcher do you think um robbie ray has a shot at making that all-star game roster yeah i do i think that ray's got a good shot and the other guy that probably should be considered is romano yes he uh. I, I know he hasn't done anything wrong, but it just feels like he's been in, in the wrong place at the wrong time and he's been hurt once. So it's kind of like you are the most reliable member of the absolute worst bullpen in the league, but that doesn't mean you're not great. That's the thing, right? Like, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. He might get lost in the shuffle of how bad the pen has been, but he's got a <laughs> 1.21 ERA. <laughs> like, he's been fantastic. but. Yeah, I think he could also just get squeezed out by how many Blue Jays there are and how many other teams need to have representatives and all that silly all-star game roster nonsense. So, But I think Ray and Romano are the other two guys who have a shot. Sounds good. All right. Um, guys who maybe we would have thought a month ago had a shot, who definitely uh, are nowhere near sniffing <laughs> the all-star game. Hyunjin Ryu. That's, that's two starts in a row that I have been like, uh, what's going on? And well, and also it's it's two in a row and five of his last six. I mean, well, no, I, okay, that's kind of harsh. Like in two of those, he gave up three runs in six innings against the White Sox and Yankees. Like that's still pretty good. Yeah, but it's still mean, not for you, right? He, you know, like he his first ten the, starts, one sec, he gave up more than two runs twice. Since then, in his last six, he's given up more than two runs five times, and the one he didn't was against the Orioles. On top of that, from a relative standpoint, they showed the graphic. Uh, it was it was before this last start, but they showed the graphic of, you know, to highlight Robbie Ray's performance of late of the five starters ERAs, and Hyunjin Ryu was last. It's like, does he just? Does he need a day? Like, I know they can't skip his turn in the rotation, uh, especially with the way the schedule's crammed up. But is it is it where Ryu is better with more rest and that has that opportunity hasn't quite panned out? I don't I mean, it's hard to say. So he pitched on regular rest uh, against New York and Baltimore the first time. And, you know, in those two games combined, he pitched 13 innings, gave up four runs, which is fine although he did walk four against New York in the first one. And then he had extra rest against Baltimore and pitched great for six innings and then just faltered in the seventh, which still a very good start. You can be forgiven for the late falter and the team just not ruining anyone up because they're winning 12, nothing last start again on regular rest. And he fell apart. Actually. Yeah. yeah the regular rest. So I think he just needs more rest occasionally. But the reason he couldn't have more rest this time was because Alec Manoa was suspended and they couldn't use it to take advantage of the off day that way. Oh, man. Sometimes the law of unintended consequences. You don't know how, how big it's going to be. 
Because, I mean, maybe he would have been bad, the same with an extra day's rest. It, it, there's no telling, per se. But it is a little bit worrying what's going on because he's walking more people and his strikeouts have completely disappeared. So, I don't know. I, I mean, his cutter and his changeup. Uh, Chris Black, uh, down, to Bla uh, down to Black, I think is his Twitter handle. He was putting up some things about the location on his cutter and his changeup has been way off. He's been more center cut with both pitches. I think part of that could be the catchers he's throwing to. I think that there's a real serious thing to consider that throwing to McGuire and Adams is different from when he's throwing to Jansen and the way they set up, the way they receive, all of that. Huge. Um, but also, if that's the thing, it's fixable. Yeah, by either teaching the catcher or getting Jansen back into the lineup, right? But, uh, but yeah, but even if it's just if it's just the location that is the issue, well you know reuse for the most part gonna fix that right it's it's not a stuff problem it's a where i'm throwing the ball problem and he'll you just have to assume he'll get back to that you know just by nature of being hyunjin ryu yeah i mean uh, hyunjin ryu is is getting paid big money um obviously you're gonna keep putting him out there every five days until he either demonstrates he's hurt or you know or you absolutely need to do something else um if there's nothing else about Ryu, we'll talk about a guy who you absolutely don't need to keep putting out there. Oh, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just let you go ahead. <laughs> Tyler freaking Chatwood. Um, Tyler Chatwood doesn't seem to know when he don't got it, which is an even bigger problem than him not having it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's, I mean, when Ch the Tyler Chatwood's wild ride is a thing. I mean, when he, when he loses it, it is lost. I mean, I, there was that one exception where he walked the first batter on four pitches and found it. But for the most part, if he doesn't have it, just get someone up right away because you're going to start losing a lot of runs if you don't. And it's also really obvious when Tyler, Tyler does not have it because he doesn't miss by like three inches. He misses by a foot and a half in every direction. <laughs> it's Yeah, and it's specifically with his fastball that's the problem, too. So it's like, it's not like, oh, he just doesn't have his curveball or his cutter. It's like, he doesn't have a fastball. That's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a reliever, much, you know, who who is a high velocity reliever it's it's amazing and then apparently someone said he was he was saying something to charlie montoyo in his last outing when montoyo was coming to get him like i got it let me finish or you know they, they were trying to read his lips and i'm sure it may it may have been well more or less than that but but the idea that you know you're not you just get banging your head against the wall means to me that he's probably not looking in game at making the adjustment he needs to make he's just you know, so trying to so power Montoyo said, and now I think there's a good chance this could have just been some damage control. He said that Chatwood was telling him that he was fine because he had had some neck soreness, and that he wasn't saying I shouldn't come out of the game. It's just like, don't, I'm not injured, I'm okay. I don't think anybody believes that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Chatwood, he went walk, walk, single, strikeout, single, strikeout. And then Montoyo came out. I think after his second strikeout, he's probably he probably thought, I'm good. Like, what are you doing? Let me finish this off. But it's like, dude, you've given up two walks and two hits and two runs. I'm getting someone else into this game. Yeah, it was just a matter of how long it took me to get someone ready after the first two walks, which, again. Uh, there. So Joel Payamps and Anthony – keep thinking I'm using the wrong Castro. Is it Anthony? Yes. Anthony Castro – were both um, sent to the minors uh, during the the Simber uh, uh, trade fallout and shuffle and, and, you know, everyone else kind of juggling around. Uh, and Chatwell was left on the Major League roster because, of course, he does not have options. Um, but I, I think at this point, you at least have an idea of what you're going to get with those two other guys, whereas Chatwood could be an, an absolute zero for you um, two out of three times you put him out there. Yeah. And well, now Chatwood's on the IL. <laughs> oh, I missed sore it. Neck. 
So this is where you use the old joke about his neck is sore from watching the home runs, but but he doesn't actually let anybody hit the ball hard. Right. His, <laughs> his neck sore from from running into back up the wild pitches. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's someone on on uh, on Twitter. His name is Ben Myers. He 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 tweeted about like from turning around to see the line drives, and I was like, nah, it is just as walking everyone he said okay maybe from shaking his head so much in disappointment after another pitch way outside the zone (laughs) i like that one i'll take it i'll absolutely take it all right so we we would dfa tyler chatwood would we not i i mean i think at this point although okay probably but when you still have guys on the roster that are you can't pitch at all i would i would still keep chatwood is like you know, the guy you throw in just to keep a game not, you know, within six runs one way or the other and see if maybe he can find something because, you know, he has been still a usefulish pitcher, right? He's not, like, even with the Cubs, he wasn't this bad. So, but, uh, I mean, as people start to get healthy, I don't think there's room for him anymore. You're saying that, that Sacedo and Barnes are, are, are not your cup of tea either? Barnes actually looks okay. Um, the stuff is there for sure for Barnes. I don't. I, I like Chat. What I think his command isn't great, but it's not as bad as Chatwood's. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, heck of a bar to get over. Um, let's talk about someone who discovered that they can pitch. Anthony K. Uh, we talked about it. We talked him up. <clears throat> yeah, you've talked him up for a long time. Um, so, and he has let me down. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you can't have everything. You can have things sometimes. So Kay came in in relief of Matt. Am I wrong? Yeah, yeah that was his most recent outing, yes. And he yeah. started against Baltimore. And I mean, it's a, it's safe to start him against Baltimore, I think. I think that's a good good opportunity. Uh, but he, he had a lot of success both times. Yeah, so in that Baltimore start, he struck out eight batters including the first seven, I think it was. And, you know, like his pitch count got way up. Uh, Sorry, not the first seven. His first seven outs were strikeouts, but there were some singles and walks mixed in there. Um, (laughs) uh, But his pitch count got way up. He threw 95 pitches over five, despite giving up no runs. And he only gave up seven base runners. So you'd still think the pitch count would be better, but he just, you know, if you watch him, he was going three, two on, almost every hitter yeah and and i don't i don't get that but it like at, at when i was watching the, not all that game but the snippets of the game i was like well this is pretty much anthony k in a nutshell right you can he can get by somehow and things happen but then nothing really bad happens if, if it's if it's working but then a million pitches but then in the, in the next opportunity or in his, his most recent outing that was much less the case yeah four innings and he threw 54 pitches with no runs and five strikeouts. And one of the big differences I've seen in K recently is he seems to have rediscovered something in that changeup. So when he was coming up, I mean, prior to his trade to the Blue Jays, he was known as a guy who had a good fastball but a great changeup. And then something happened in his recovery from a minor from his injury when he was young, when he was with the Mets, where. His other stuff actually got better, his curveball and his cutter, which he developed later, and the changeup took a step backwards. Well, against Baltimore and Seattle, it looked really good. If he can actually re-find that pitch that made him a good prospect and a first-round pick to begin with, that could actually really make him a useful piece. I, I think it'd be interesting to figure out how to use Anthony Kay when you have five working starters, which... Believe it or not, I believe the Blue Jays actually do when nobody's suspended or on the COVID IL right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is like this is Anthony Kay in his last five outings. 20.1 innings pitched, or 23rd, four runs and 26 strikeouts. That's that a 1.77 like, ERA. That sounds like a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, so I think even if you use him, like I think his future still is a starting pitcher, but use him as a you know, sometimes if your starter goes six and Romano and whoever has pitched the day before, just throw K in for three innings to finish the game. Yeah, and that's a save, technically, if it's close. Yeah, I mean, who cares about that? Yeah. But just 
I would be interested to see the Jays try that with some with him or Hatch if he gets called up or Pearson if he ever comes back to life. Um, and, you know, this a creative use of their bullpen where they almost are piggybacking starters to finish a game as opposed to going to traditional relievers. Well, considering the performance of the traditional relievers, I'm 100% with you. Keith is the only reason I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lord Escurial Jr. We were talking, I think last week, I was saying they keep talking about him heating up, and then I look, and his numbers really are not all that impressive. Well, thanks for listening, Lordis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was funny you said that last week because here are Lourdes Guriel's numbers for the month of June. He hit 302, <laughs> the 326 average, and a 547 slugging. That's almost exactly what he did last year. <laughs> But it, but it took that last week of June to get him up over the hump, didn't it? It did. Like he hit really well. He hit a couple home runs, and then he's got a, another hit today. And like this, so with Springer back and being actually back, as you know, you mentioned in the teaser there that he hit the home run, and Lourdes starting to hit, it really makes this lineup a lot tougher to navigate your way through. And Biggio has been on fire. We'll take it because for once, Vlad Jr. seems to have had a couple of off days in a row, which is just, it's so weird this season. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be angry, but what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like 0 for 3 with a walk and three strikeouts. And then like, I think he had one hit last night. It was a single or something. It was like, what, dude? And he keeps coming up in these big situations last two or three days against, you know, uh, the Mariners. And I'm thinking, you know... I mean, we'll get to this after. Well, I mean, we got to talk about the Rays and Springer, um, and I think we got to talk about how this team navigates its way through nine innings. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, you know, now would be a great time, Vlad, to remember that you're the best player on this team, the best hitter by far in Major League Baseball. Now would be no, wasn't the time. Uh, and off with the Blue Jays, uh, Springer. What, so, what do you make of moving him up just to the cleanup spot? I think it's the right play. Um, you can't, you can't move out Simeon right now. I mean, Simeon is one of the two best hitters on the team. You can't move Vlad, and you're not probably going to move Bo down to the four spot or anything like that. And but Teoscar, you can drop down. He's played. He's hitting the five hole a bunch in, in his time with the Blue Jays, even when he's doing well. And then it's just. You can't have Springer hitting fifth. You're a $150 million man. Yeah, you need to get him a few more plate appearances. And and if Marcus Semyon was not having the, you know, the all-star caliber season he was having, it would be a much easier flip, right? But you're right. Semyon is just, just doing everything right. So you want to see him get a whole bunch of opportunities to do everything right. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the Blue Jays, despite all of this, you know, general positivity we have, I mean, we've crapped all over the bullpen, which uh, deservedly so. Um, they had, what, a 500 week? They were six and six, or sorry, three and three? From, that sounds uh, correct. Yeah. Um, so they lost the series against the Mariners. Um, yep, and won it against Baltimore. Right. And they didn't sweep Baltimore, which would have been super helpful. And I, and I understand you can't just expect to sweep because Baltimore is abysmally horrible. Sometimes they're going to win a game here and there. But there, in just about all of the losses, there has been a point at which you would you would see it as a winnable game for the Blue Jays if they had X, which is the you know hit in a timely way, or Y. Uh, the run prevention when they really needed the run prevention. And it's usually like only only one situation that's the tipping point. They're not regularly getting blown out like they blow other teams out. And their run differential is massive. Uh, and it's radically different than Seattle's run differential. But Seattle has strategically placed those runs in such a way that they have an identical record. Yeah. Baseball sucks. <laughs> but, well, I mean, the, yeah, but you're right, though. Like the Jays win when the Jays are on hitting on all cylinders. They destroy teams. And when they're not, they're still in games and losing late. So, I mean, if you're looking for a positive, it's that if the bullpen just 
gets a little better, <laughs> they could really take off. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Do you have their record in extra inning games this year? I know uh, that. I don't have it up. It's tough bad. I, I don't even know if they've won one. Um, I, think, I think they've won a couple. But the that lack of depth in the bullpen gets really large when it's not just 27 outs they need to get. It's like 30 or 33 outs. Um, and other teams have arms that they can go to, and the Blue Jays simply do not. And I think that puts – the offense is doing a great job, but I think it does put some pressure on the offense late, knowing that their, their insurance runs in some cases where they're you know you're up by four or five – is not enough to with to weather the storm of the Blue Jays bullpen. And I think that the whatever the moves are to improve that situation, uh, we're gonna talk about, you know, the non-move moves that might happen. But I think there really does need to be more options for Charlie Montoyo that that are not, you know, replacement level players. Yep. Or this or this team is not going to get to the playoffs. Uh, so the non-move moves would be to get, and this is actually a difficult one because, um, given the opportunity, once again, Reese McGuire to play every day, it turns out Reese McGuire knows how to hit. <laughs> yeah. He got another hit today, an RBI single, and he's hitting 312. So when Alejandro Kirk, the big bat catcher with, uh, I mean, the, the personality for days and, um, Danny Jansen, who is the quote catcher of the future trademark unquote um, come off of the injured list. What, what do with Reese McGuire? Cause in, in this day and age, you cannot carry three catchers. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's going to be really interesting be, uh, because like, you know, exactly. You said like you can't send McGuire down right now. <laughs> and I don't know. Like Jansen is your best catcher defensively and Ryu throws way better with him as we mentioned earlier and Kirk is the best hitter of the three of them for <laughs> sure I'm very curious to see what happens we could see a trade out of that spot which we talked about in the offseason we thought that would happen I honestly wouldn't shock me if Jansen went down to the minors I, I but I think the most likely result is that Kirk goes down yeah, I, I think so too, because it's it's easier to justify that Kirk needs continued development on the on the on the thing that he's always needed development on, which is the catching part of being a catcher, right? And he's yep. he's much younger than the other two. Um, or at least he feels like he is. Um so yeah, I could I could see that as well. Kirk stays in the minors, catches in triple A, and if something happens to Jansen or or McGuire, well, there you go. Um, the other rehabber is Rafael Dulis, who had no feeling in his hand. Um, my wife knows how you feel. Um, <laughs> but, but apparently he is back with a baseball in his hand. Yeah. He's been, he's going on a rehab assignment and soon to follow him is Baraki, who he has to do one more live BP, I think. And then he's going. And then right behind him is Julian Merriweather, who's also throwing off a mound. He's throwing bull, full bullpen. So... A healthy Julian Merriweather to me is even better than a healthy Rafael Dolis. But I, I will, no kidding. <laughs> I, will, I will I will take Dolis because I feel like he's likely to stay healthier longer than Julian Merriweather. Right, but you talked about the need for more guys. Like if you yeah. can go your la, your your late inning close game guys are Rocky Merriweather, Simber, and Romano, and then your other guys going backwards are. Meza, Dolis, and K, and, and and yeah, Meza, Dolis, and K. That's seven guys that are not bad. Yeah, and yeah especially well, I mean, where they've recently been, where it was one. <laughs> I mean, it 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 looks like much more like the bullpen we talked about in spring training and going into the season, which obviously is where we're trying to get back to. Um, yeah. The question is, though, sometimes guys get right up to the point where they're rehabbing, and then something happens. So I think. I still think yeah, you need to make a move. Yeah, but the fact that they're move. throwing bullpens at full speed suggests that they have at least reached that point where they are healthy. Whether they yeah. get injured again is a different story, but it's not likely that you know that they, they failed to rehab. 
Yeah, I just I think the Blue Jays still need an insurance policy in case. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well, no doubt. No, nobody's saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it, it could at least bridge the gap. All right, uh, we are going to bridge a little gap uh, with some music, and then we're going to come back with your questions and all the things that don't directly have to do with the Blue Jays. And that was an interlude of the musical variety. And now I have with me once again, Josh. Hey, Josh, how's it going? Still good. Okay. Word is on the street that people have asked us questions on the at turf pod and responded uh, to your tweet, which had uh, questionable DJ Kitty. Um, <laughs> so we're going to answer mean, the... <laughs> See, that's Did you hear my cat just now? No. Um, oh, that would be really funny. Uh, so we're going to answer those questions like so. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? All right, we are going to roll back in time to a very interesting question that Trillimo Pena submitted on June 24th. He said, unless I'm missing someone, the most successful position players to break into the league with the Jays by career war, war, wins above replacement, are John Olerud with 57.3, uh, Fangraphs war, 58.2, uh, Baseball Reference war. Don't Fred need to read McGriff, all the wars, just read the names. Uh, Fred McGriff, 56.9 and 52.6, and Jeff Kent, 56 and 55. How likely is Vladdy? who is sitting at 4.8 and 6.2, to have a better career than those guys? I mean, it's hard to say someone's going to have better than borderline Hall of Fame numbers. But if he doesn't, it will be kind of a disappointment, right? Yeah, I, I think so. We have to assume general good health. Yes, of course. Which, which is super tough to do because Andrew Jones, as an example, will tell you that uh, 10 years in the bigs that are fantastic and then the rest of your career wondering what happened um, does not get you. There's your cat. Um, does not get you <laughs> to the level of Olderwood McGriff and, and Kent. Those guys lasted. So if we assume general good health, I think the the age at which he started at makes it like i would say like an 80 percent chance that vlad gets into that range or have has a better career than at least one of those guys i agree um it's a with his talent and his age it's uh, he should clear those numbers with ease unless something goes very wrong and so yeah i think it's a good shot <clears throat> um you know what i gotta look up Miguel cabrera You want Miguel Cabrera's Fangraphs. war? Fangraphs war. I'll give you his baseball reference one. Oh, sure. He's at 68.9. And is not going to get why well, is very gonna have a tough time getting to five hundred homers and two thousand hits. So and he's seventy. Um and I still Miguel Cabrera is almost the perfect comp for Vladimir Groves. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the guy that people were saying from the beginning. Yep. The guy who's going to hit for a really good average with power and walks. And look, I mean, right now, Vlad is having a Miguel Cabrera at his absolute peak of his power season. Um, whether he keeps having those, I mean, it, it, there's a very good chance that this could be the best season of his career you know, and, and still have really good seasons for the rest of it. Like Bryce Harper, right? His best season so far was his age 22 season. But he's still been a superstar since, and he's going to end up with monster numbers over the course of his career. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't, you don't have to be Mike Trout to hit those numbers. Uh, we hope he's, we wish him all the best of health, is what we're saying, I think, really. Yes. Uh, we do. Brennan, Brennan Delaney at Brennan underscore L underscore D. Uh, welcome to the questions portion of the program, Brennan, because I don't recognize that name. Thoughts on Kevin Smith playing left field tonight? I'm not even going to make a clerk's joke. Uh, I think <laughs> we were talking specifically with uh, Paternostro about Kevin Smith needing to demonstrate some versatility to be that super utility guy in order to sort of 
you know, solidify his value as an as a major leaguer. Yeah, because Kevin Smith is not going to come up and be the everyday third baseman. I think Brendan wants that to be the case, but he's not. I mean, there's just too many holes in his profile to just hand him something like that. But if he comes up and can play and spell guys everywhere on the diamond, which as a natural shortstop, he should be able to do if he can now play the outfield, then that's a valuable piece. And if he hits, then he can earn a starting job. But this is the kind of thing he needs to do before he gets a shot. Um, yeah. So we think it's great for Kevin because it probably brings him a step closer to the big leagues if he can if he can do it. Uh, smiley face picnic at smiley face picnic. Uh, asked, why would you use such an incredible gif for the Rays? The Rays! I, I, I posit the same <laughs> uh, question to you, Josh. There were some disagreements. <laughs> From you, I think you said I reached the bottom of the gif pile. <laughs> I have not actually, you know, really watched the Rays Jumbotron type thing. I presume DJ Kitty, by the references from other people, is on there somewhere. I have no idea. I just searched for raising the gift thing and that showed up. So put it in there. <laughs> Truly uh, a moment uh, that will live in infamy on the turf pod Twitter. Um, even, even more so than the time when people started responding to us requesting that quotes on artificial turf. Um, oh, we still get email. I've been getting emails weekly from a company in China asking if we can be suppliers, if they can be our suppliers for artificial turf. Yeah. I, pretty soon you're going to start getting samples in the email. I don't know how that works. That would be impressive. <laughs> Matt Sweeby at Blue Jay Matt. Uh, oh, no. So, Matt, you are asking about spin rate. We've, we have addressed the spin rate issues uh, in the last couple podcasts. So, rewind. Um, or Luke will respond. Or, or uh, not Luke. I'm reading Luke. Or Josh might respond to you directly on Twitter. How are you uh, uh, Luke, but vaccinated, um, was going to ask a question about Chatwood, and then Chatwood went on the IL. So, Thanks for asking, Luke, and then answering your own question. But we do have one more. L at Ellie Hart. If you can only solve the team's woes with bats and not pitchers, who are you targeting? And then the more important question, does nine runs hashtag still apply if Tyler Chatwood is getting innings? <laughs> you want to address the second one first since nine runs is your thing? Yes. Nine runs is Chatwood proof. It's just about anybody proof, to be perfectly honest. That's why it's said at nine runs. Um, because you don't have to win every night if you score nine runs. You just have to score nine runs every night, and you get to the World Series. So Tyler Chatwood can't pitch every night. He can't give up nine runs every night. You make it through. That's the plan. Uh, but if you need to get a bat who could help you out, who who are you who are you going after? Presumably you're going after this extremely long lineup. Presumably you're going after the the third baseman who is, you know, defensively well, okay, so something. If we're talking about just bats, because we can't get pitching, which was the basis of this question, I want Joey Gallo. I want Chris Bryant if the Cubs fall further out of it. I want Nelson Cruz. Stick him at DH and trade one of the other pit outfielders for a different third baseman. Because uh, those are the kind of sluggers that can help you just bludgeon teams and just make it so there's literally nowhere in this lineup to hide. Joey Gallo could play third. He used to do it. He wasn't good at it, but neither is Biggio, so who cares? <laughs> Um, in terms of the more realistic level where we're talking about actually adding in positions of need, uh, Brad Miller with the Phillies, I think he'd be a useful guy. He can definitely play third base. He's a utility mind, but he can hit or Adam Fraser with the pirates. All right. Those are real names, uh, for a real question. Unlike the nine runs question, which I answered quite adeptly. Thank you very much. Hey, that was a real question. It was a great question. What are we talking about? <laughs> All right. So we are going to have to talk, I think, about Trevor Bauer. We, we try and, and keep it light here uh, on the program. We try and, um, you know, stick to what's on the field. But I, I think the Trevor Bauer situation has gone so far beyond the pale that it would be it would be disrespectful to pretend it hadn't happened. Yes. Um, Trevor Bauer is accused of what... I can only assume would be described as aggravated sexual assault when, when the charges finally come out. Um, and based on the fact that there is a criminal investigation ongoing and based on the fact that um, his defense seemed to be, she was asking for it. I don't think Trevor should pitch another game in this league ever again. 
I don't know how you argue with that position. I mean, like <laughs> the, the, the DA in the area said it's like this case is actually a lot bigger than we thought it was. It's like bigger than what we already know. Like his agent put out things that basically said, oh, it's okay that this happened because she asked for this to happen. You can't consent to the things that happened to this woman. So he basically admitted guilt on Twitter to win the court of public opinion. But there should be no public opinion on Bauer's side. And I don't know what else to say beyond that. Like the guy's a he's a he's a piece of shit. I'm sorry. Don't even bleep that one because <laughs> he is. I will not write down the timestamp. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Trevor Bauer has been uh, misogynistic, has been um, in some cases racist. I mean, I don't follow him greatly on Twitter, but I keep hearing it over and over again. Um, he, he may have been right about some of the things that were wrong within the game. But on almost every aspect of life outside the game, uh, I've disagreed with Trevor Bauer and and the things that he has done, I believe, will meet the standard of criminal activity. And they shouldn't even have to get to that standard to be out of baseball. Playing Major League Baseball is a privilege. You are a role model for people. As silly as sports being a role model are, you are a role model for people. And we do not need role models like Trevor Bauer in the game ever ever um yeah i think we are totally in agreement on that uh so the reason i put that there is so that we don't finish on a note that is quite so sour uh instead uh, and because he doesn't deserve what we're giving out now yes which is a do-over oops i said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet <laughs> but what if you could do it all over again but what i really meant was all right, we are going to start with from Chip Carey, who is a longtime broadcaster, the following fun fact. And that is not a misspelling on the back of his Reds jersey. He is the first and only major leaguer whose last name ends in X in the history of the game. First and only major leaguer whose last name ends in X. Okay, so first and only. So, Hendrix. Can you think of any major leaguers just quickly off the top of your head, Josh, who last names ended with X? I can think of many. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chip Carey was a broadcaster for the Cubs and the Braves. Can you think of a really, really good inner circle Hall of Fame pitcher who played for those two teams? <laughs> Jeff, uh, wait, uh, Greg Mike Maddox. Maddox? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Greg>. like, <laughs> I mean, was it a joke? He did not sound like he was joking. He sounded like he pulled a Ron Burgundy, uh, Ron Burgundy as follows. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'm Chip Carey. <laughs> <laughs> they put it on the card. And that, you're right. That has, to, that has to be what happened. Is someone put it on the card and or and he or he misread the information or something because like so Jimmy to be, Fox. To be clear, someone looked Nelly Fox. Someone looked it up. And that guy isn't even the first guy with Hendrix spelled with an X to play in the major leagues. Like, there's there's no fact that fits even the broadest definition of what was on there. So I presume it was a joke. Um, yeah. <laughs> Too much. Um, I just like that, like, like he, he at some point, he, some part of his brain went, oh, yeah, that seems reasonable. Like, I mean, I, I would be. It'd be, it'd be like announcing someone had no, you know, oh, this is this is Jeff Martinez. He's, no one has ever uh, had had the, the letter Z at the end of his name. Like, <laughs> no, I, I think I think there's a reason why it seems suspicious. So Chip, uh, who is the son of legendary broadcaster Harry Carey, um, Chip, relax, take a deep breath. What the heck is the do-over? I think the do-over is to read out the entire list of major leaguers whose name <laughs> ended with X. Like, and just say, 
just say, well, I was talking about Hendrix, and his is the only one to end with X, except for, and then read them all. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's perfect. Uh, and then he has to do. He has to call the game in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, that's a home run for Castellanos. Yeah, exactly. It'll be a four zero game. <laughs> Nelly Fox. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, brother! What's more lighthearted right. than the actual thing that was interrupted with that Castellanos home run? Oh, absolutely! But that's still going to be incredibly epic. Um, and the thing I go to every time someone. Uh, does the strangely out of place baseball call uh okay i think now that we've you know finished on a good note because we've referenced both ron burgundy and uh i don't know we've referenced major league yet tonight i don't think we have dang it i don't fix that somehow i don't know Hmm. fair enough uh tell me uh the thought of the final nature what do you have i'm gonna shoehorn it in so (laughs) The uh, we we talked we alluded at the top to this race series. Uh, this is kind of going to be the make or break. Well, no, that's overstating it, but really to help the Jays assess where they are because they have three with the Rays now, and then they play Baltimore, and then they have another three with the Rays before the break. The Rays are the team that is first in the in the wild card race. They're slightly behind Boston in the division, and the Jays need to make up ground in these games against their divisional opponents. So, you know, that's that's just what they have to do. They have to start beating up on the teams that are in their division and they're doing it. You know, they're starting off on a good note in this first game of the series, uh, the series, they're up six, nothing in the fifth inning. And Joe boo, isn't good, isn't good enough to help the race here. Cause they can't hit Manoa <laughs> slider. He's got nine strikeouts through four and two third, including a strikeout where the guy, it hit him in the leg and he swung at it. <laughs> Do you want the really Francisco good? Francisco Mejia swung at a slider that hit him in the shin and he struck out. <laughs> And you said they cannot hit his slider. As a matter of fact, through four and two thirds, no, through five innings, they literally can't hit any of his pitches. He's throwing a no hitter. If he loses it, someone's going to listen to this podcast tomorrow and say, you jinxed him. (laughs) Absolutely. And you're welcome to, because, well, that's just crazy pants talk. Uh, Yeah. Uh, we are going to leave it on that note. In the, in the, the the tension, you can cut it with a knife because unless you go look up the box score, you won't ever know by listening to this podcast how this game ends. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm going to say that I have been your host, Greg Wazowski at Coolhead 2010, and you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 211, and we will talk at you next week. <laughs>